this is Kenneth Wong, Senior Editor for DE247. There's a changing of the guards at SolidWorks, one of the biggest names in 3D MCAT. Longtime R&D veteran Manish Kumar takes the helm as CEO of the company. So today we'll chat with him to hear his thoughts about the industry. So Manish, I noticed on your LinkedIn profile that you actually have both titles up. SolidWorks CEO and also R&D role as well. Uh, could you talk about uh, what the change means or if you are planning to actually hold on to both roles and perform both duties? Hey, Kenneth. Uh, as of now, I do intend to keep both the titles. I am the SolidWorks CEO as well as the VP of R&D. Um, as of uh, the way we are set up, there are couple of really great leaders that we have in SolidWorks R&D, and they are leading uh, those um, specific developments. So one being SolidWorks, as you know it, as uh, internally we call it SolidWorks desktop, but it's literally the SolidWorks application. That is led by John Sweeney, and all our browser applications are being led by Amit Mandaloy. So these are two very strong leaders. They are leading those areas, and they report directly to me. And as of now, uh, the VP of R&D is still with me, that, that title. So let's talk about the industry that we are in. Do you feel like the cat market still have room for breakthroughs and innovations? Or do you feel like if the industry is really mature, that also perhaps means that only incremental improvements will come. There is no room for breakthroughs anymore. What are your thoughts? Uh, on the contrary, I think we are at the beginning stages of CAD, in my view. And the reason I'm saying that is because um, if you look around, we want to create virtual twin of everything that you can possibly see, right from very small microsystems to complex possible systems that you can imagine. And all the interactions between the, those systems also have to be virtualized. Today, we are good at capturing the mechanical behaviors or mechanical aspects of those systems. We are horrible at capturing everything around it. Even when there are some, uh, some sort of kinematics behavior and so on, to achieve all that, it's extremely difficult even today. In fact, my claim is that if you want to assemble few things, forget about behaviors. Even if you want to assemble two objects together, it's very easy to, uh, to take anything like a pen in my hand. And I, if I want to put it on the table, it's very easy for me. For any CAD system to do the same exact operation means you have to rotate things multiple times. You have to orient things. You have to click things. You have to move things. It's very complicated. So we have been able to convert the physical behaviors of everything that we see into the virtual world, but all the other behaviors that should be very natural, it's extremely difficult. And this is where I think AI is going to be pretty handy. So AI is a big area where we need to improve things. Things are becoming more and more complicated where everything has some system aspects to it, some control aspects to it. There are some electronics uh, embedded in most of the things there. There are, uh, most of the things are emitting data. Where is that data going to? Uh, how can you possibly analyze that data? And how can you even not just take the data from the device, various devices that are being uh, that that these devices are emitting and uh, how do you capture data that is coming from your customers and how do you 
improve your products based on the real time customer feedback so all this this uh, you cannot take cat away from all this surrounding element and uh, and cat has to somehow inherently take all this feedback and improve our engineers life our users life so that they do not have to do all the hard work all the grunt work of making things work when it should be automatic for them so if i were to go with the vision that you've just outlined and you're from r&d so you probably have a to-do list of things that customers want you to do and you yourself feel like you should be doing what are what are we looking at here manish are we talking about um ai based algorithm based uh, design processes like generative design are we talking about using uh our hands in a natural way in vr augmented uh, reality virtual reality world to build assemblies um, give me a picture if you will about um, the to do list it may be a combination of all of the above and even more <laughs> okay by nature your data on 3d experience platform is in the cloud and when the data is in the cloud we can analyze that data in a much more easy fashion and once we are able to analyze your data we are able to give to our users certain behaviors that we could not have otherwise for example at 3d experience world we showed certain behaviors like um, you place one single component in uh, we showed it with a fastener that we place you place one fastener in the assembly and we were able to predict based on that based on everything that we have learned about the user's behavior how things uh, are placed how things are mated we were able to place 45 different fasteners without user doing anything at all to place those 45 fasteners with their nuts with their kind of screws and so on you would have needed at least 400 clicks to achieve what i was able to show with one click now this is a kind of behavior which you cannot achieve without having some kind of analytics some kind of ai uh, a built in capability that is looking at your behavior looking at how you use the software looking at your past uh, analysis analyzing your past uh, users and based on that predicting what your future behavior is going to be we showed the same exact thing with uh, clicks that you uh we showed it in a complicated sheet metal part where there were a lot of tiny edges and all those edges user has to go and fillet them one by one today but the moment you select one we are able to predict that you know what perhaps you also want to select all the other tiny edges that are on your sheet metal part i have no idea how many of those tiny edges were there <laughs> but with that i'm i'm pretty sure it must be close to 20 or 30 to select one tiny edge you cannot just hover you have to zoom in in order to select it so imagine based on one selection if we can tell you that these are the 20 different edges that you may want to select in order to create a fillet all of a sudden you are saving at least 60 70 clicks or even more based on where those those edges are because you may have to hide certain things and so on so this kind of behavior is uh, of course this is uh, analyzing the data then as you said can we do certain things in um, augmented reality uh, kind of world we are working on that we are able to um, i think we are in research phase so i i won't um, try to go deep down on that particular part but i can tell you we are researching there that what can we do in that environment and on generative again um, we already have certain solutions so in solidworks even in solidworks application we do have um, a generative design 
based on similar technologies. Uh, on 3D experience, in 3D experience works portfolio, we have even higher end functionality available to our users even today. And we are adding more and more to it where we want to get to a phase where you should be able to define your constraints and we should be able to generate a best possible design based on your constraint. In fact, um, at Vault, again, we talked to uh, one of our customers, uh, Mr. Hao Wu from ExoVolar. He's the CEO of ExoVolar. And he was explaining how he was, de he was designing that jets, jet pack. And there was a specific uh, part that he had designed using generative design. So we asked him that while using simulation or while using generative design, did you encounter anything that blew your mind away? And if you listen to his interview, he, um, he was telling us about the story that he had a bracket and he was designing the bracket as a T because there were like three different uh, points in which he had to constrain things. He had to put bolts. And he was not very happy with it because it was interfering with something else. And he asked the generative design to do it. And he was surprised, he said, himself that he was surprised to see the design was more like a u-shape or a v-shape and it was much more structurally sound design but he would not have even thought about that kind of design so this is the area where it augments the designers what you already know if you are given with more ideas more choices that these may be additional choices that you may be able to use in order to satisfy your constraint I mean, all power to be to our designers. And we are not just stopping there. We are not just stopping at uh, topology optimization. We are also doing design, uh, design studies or design of experiments, where if you are doing, uh, if you are doing uh, let's say 3D printing, of course, topology optimization is good. But if you are do doing uh, parametric design, we also have design of experiments where you define certain parameters and you, create all possible choices that you want to create. And we will tell you after running all those designs, after creating all those designs, after running the simulation on all those designs, we are able to give you the best possible design and all possible choices in between what, how different choices satisfied or maybe broke your, your conditions. I saw recently a video that you posted on LinkedIn of you building a virtual twin of your home on 3D Creator. So I wonder if you can talk about that personal experience a little bit. Um, I, I have to say, uh, there are not many um, software CEOs that actually uh, use their own software. You know, They may have business acumen and they become um, CEO. In that sense, you are one of the exceptions. Uh, what does it reveal about the experience, the user experience? <laughs> uh, thanks, Kenneth. Uh, the reason might be that I joined SolidWorks R&D team as a developer. So I've used SolidWorks right from day one uh, in order to find and fix bugs, not as a user, but while finding and fixing bugs, I have been very, um, I should say, I have become an expert of using SolidWorks at this point because I've been using it almost for the last 24 years. Now, using 3D Creator in order to create my, uh, my house, the, the whole the idea behind it was um, I want to install solar panels on my roof, and my house is in historic town or historic district of my town. So there are certain restrictions that it does not, it should not be visible from uh, the street. So I started to create 
the area which is on top of garage because that area is not visible from uh, the street. And once I got started, I was like, uh, I was pulled into it where I ended up creating the whole, the whole virtual twin of my entire house. Now, uh, the what I realized, so there were certain things that are, this is a house that we built. And there was an architectural diagram that was given to us. And then we got the house. And there were certain things that did not work according to architectural diagram. I wish it was a live or YouTube kind of video where I could have shown you that there were certain windows which were supposed to be aligned. And they were not aligned. Uh, the top window is in one place. The bottom window was moved slightly. Then it was supposed to have a staircase uh, going down from the porch to the uh, to the garage, and that never uh, solidified. Then there was supposed to be a door uh, from garage going to the backyard. It uh, builder when they started to build the house, that's when they started to real, realize these problems. But they never explained it to us in a nice way. But now when I started to build my house and or, or the virtual twin, I realized, for example, the reason why those windows were not aligned was because the staircase from the garage going to the first level was going to collide with the window if it was in alignment with the top, top window on, on, the, on the second floor. Now, if the architect had used a 3D modeler, they would have realized it at that time itself. So they would have given me a, a, a quotation or, or my uh, architectural diagrams, which were perfect. But since it is all based on 2D, they are uh, doing things based on their, uh, I should say, knowledge and know-how, but without using 3D, they are not able to get to these kind of problems before they start to build it. And once they start to build it, of course, then there are change orders, then we are all going through emotions of uh, why is it not aligned? It's not looking that good. Or why am I not getting my staircase? Because now that I have built it, the virtual twin of it, there is no way the, the staircase was going to be there or <laughs> the spiral staircase that was going to go from uh, between my porch and the garage, it was not possible. So these kind of mistakes, they could have found it if they would have created a 3D model. So I do, uh, and after creating that, I, I realized that, you know, uh, in this area, I have no idea why people don't use virtual twins because by using virtual twins, they will be able to stop making a lot of those kind of mistakes even before the very first, uh, uh, let's say very first foundation is uh, poured in the ground. So. It was revealing for me personally. I, I would imagine that in the future, if you want to do any kind of remodeling or uh, fixing, you would have a virtual twin to supply to your contractors. That'll be an advantage <laughs> for you. <laughs> you. You bet, Kenneth. Now I already have it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out from your busy schedule and talking to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Very good. Until next episode, this is Kenneth Wong for DE247 and we are out. Mm -hmm.